Hello everyone, I'm Marty Pospisil and welcome to the September 2022 real estate market update for Vancouver. Mmm, love my espresso. I've got lots to show you today on our market so we're going to jump right into it. Very first thing I want to talk about again is the metric I use to gauge the activity of the market is called the sales ratio. Now basically the sales ratio is the absorption rate into the market and if less than 11% of the product that's on the market at a given point in time is sold within a month, we're in a buyer's market. If between 12 and 20% gets absorbed, we're in a balanced market and if over 21% of the current inventory sells within a given month, we are officially in a seller's market. Upward pressure on pricing, uh, multiple offers, etc. Buyer's market, downward pressure on pricing. So those are the cutoff points, 11% and 21, where we jump into our two extreme markets. Okay, so market speedo, basically what we're seeing today is inflation remains high, mortgage rates are increasing, our market continues to adjust downward, the sales ratio for Metro Vancouver is at a solid 18%. So that puts it, of course, in a balanced market. So what I like to do is I like to break that down into a little bit more specific product categories. So why don't we jump into those so you can see what the numbers are for each of the different product. Now, I created uh, sort of a, a breakdown in my table um, for different product categories, detached houses, attached townhomes and duplexes, and attached apartment condos. So the first thing I'll look at for Metro Vancouver is the sales activity year over year. For detached houses, that sales activity is down 45%. So the volume of house sales year over year is down 40%, significant figure. And the benchmark price year over year from this time last year is still up 8% for detached houses. But here's the interesting factor that I like to look at, monthly change, house prices in Metro Vancouver dropped 2.3% last month. So that's an interesting figure. If we jump into attached townhomes and half duplexes, the overall sales activity year over year is down 38%. So a lot less townhomes and half duplexes are selling compared to this time last year. The benchmark price, we're still 13% higher than we were this time last year. And last month, prices dropping 2.5% for that product. Lastly, we'll look at attached apartment condos, sales activity down almost 40%, 39% year over year. Prices are still up 9% from this time last year. Last month, we had a drop of 2%. So our current market pricing is dropping overall on all the product categories between two and 3% per month. That's very interesting because it's about equal to the trajectory as prices came up earlier this year as our market peaked towards the March-April peak. We're seeing the same trajectory, trajectory downwards um, on all product categories. So that's quite interesting. So what's hot, what's not? Again, remember our breakdowns under 11 buyers market, 12 to 20 balanced and over 21% um, we have a seller's market. 
So if we are looking at detached houses for Vancouver West Side, remember last month the sales ratio was 7% deep into a buyer's market. Look what happened. It jumped up to 9%. That's interesting. But if you think about it, prices have been coming down since April. So we had some significant drops in prices. We also have a contingent of buyers out there that are still pre-approved at the better rates before they started to climb up. So that little drop in price um, caused quite a blip in activity across our market. You'll see that in various product categories where people jumped in and bought that product up. So the sales ratio did increase slightly, um, but that does still put us in a buyer's market for detached houses. Now, next we look at condos and townhomes. West side, last month we were at 22% strong seller's market. This month it jumped up again, 26%. So the last month's activity was actually higher than the previous month. Again, still in a seller's market for attached condos and townhomes. Uh, that blip, again, due to that little flurry of activity with the price drop, the pre-approvals, there were people out there waiting to buy at the right value. And of course, they're getting better value than they did in spring. And that's what's caused, I believe, that jump in activity. Let's look at condos and townhomes downtown. Last month we were at 17%. This month we're at 18%. Again, slight increase in activity. That's well in a balanced market for downtown. Let's look at the east side detached houses. Last month we were at 10%, just into a buyer's market. This month we're at 12%. It's following the same, same trend as all the other product on the west side, a slight jump in activity for Vancouver east side houses. Again, in a balanced market. If we look at condos and townhomes on the east side, we'll see last month we were at a very strong seller's market at 27%. This month, that's dropped down, interestingly enough, in the east side to 25%, but still a strong seller's market. So what's happening in the burbs? If you look at all of the outlying suburbs, we see that trend again being mirrored throughout all of these areas. We had an increase in sales ratio um, in uh, Surrey, Coquitlam, Port Coquitlam, Pitt Meadows, Maple Ridge, Cloverdale, Langley, South Surrey, all over the place for detached houses. Same trend for attached product. We saw not a big change in sales ratio, ratio but a slight a blip in activity where all of that inventory was eaten up very quickly. So if we look across BC, interestingly enough, what I'm looking at is the number of home sales. You can see that blue line has dropped significantly. Not a lot has changed in new listings. It's pretty flat across BC. Um, the sales to active listings ratio across BC, you can see that sharp drop in activity overall throughout the province, a little bit different than what we're seeing here in Metro Vancouver. Um, so let's talk about where we're going. The big question, where is our market actually going? So the main drivers that we're looking at, market enhancers in green and market deterrence in red, um, are number one, the big market enhancers still being the case and has been for so long, even through the pandemic, is the low inventory. And the inventory levels are remaining low. People are not listing en masse yet. That will happen, but it has not happened yet. And that's what's keeping those price drops sort of marginally steep and not uh, an immediate 
drop, quite a sudden drop. Um, Pent-up savings, now that has slowed down, not necessarily because Canadians have spent the $363 billion they saved over the pandemic by not traveling and eating out. They are traveling now. You're all traveling. I'm traveling. Just got back from Boston. I'm gonna show you a couple photos of that later. Beautiful architecture there. Um, but because people are worried a little bit about the economy, where are we going? Inflation's high, the cost of living is up. Um, the pent-up savings is becoming less important and it's kind of a market deterrent now because people are not spending. Consumer confidence is also down for the same reasons. Um, the people are worried about inflation, interest rates, the economy, etc. And then the big one that had the major negative impact on our market is the mortgage rates. And as I've mentioned before, in all my other updates, the mortgage rates are of course tied to inflation as the government wants to control the, um, the fiscal spending by tightening their policy and that's where the cost of borrowing goes up. So consumer confidence, interestingly enough, business and consumer confidence are both dropping. People are getting a little concerned about what's happening. Inflation being so high, the economy, it, are we in a recession? Aren't we? We're definitely having one next year. You're reading all the reports that I'm reading. Um, so the consumer confidence is, is of course dropping and um, so they're both falling now and, and, and the main reason of course as I mentioned is the interest rates and the inflation for that. So post-pandemic employment, that's good. Now that's the odd man out here because normally in a recession, the employment, um, the unemployment increases, employment goes down. And that's hand in hand with the recessionary uh, economy, but we're not getting that. There's lots of jobs and a lot of people are working. So the actual unemployment levels are down. Um, and you can see all the wage tiers are up. So the employment is actually quite good. Um, for Canada, we're at 4.9%, and for BC, we're at 4.6% unemployment rate. Not bad figures. Housing starts, I look at that as a gauge and on the confidence of the market. Builders are not building and buying property to build if they're worried about where the market's going in the next year or two, because that's the turnaround time is a couple of years by the time they have a finished product to sell. It's a good barometer of consumer confidence. And we're down about 3,584 housing starts um, year over year. So that tells us something. The cost of borrowing, I'm making this emoji bigger and bigger each time I do an update, um, but we have um, the interest rates really, really shooting up. Uh, and again, the consumer um, price uh, represents the, um, the changes in prices as experienced by Canadians uh, as they're consuming. It measure, measures the price change by comparing through time the cost of a fixed basket of goods. So the consumer price index, again, correlates with inflation, but it is a little different. Um, the goods and services of the consumer price index basket are divided into eight major components. There's food, there's shelter, um, there's household operations, furnishings, clothing, footwear, transportation, health and personal care. There's a whole bunch of stuff bundled in that basket um, to determine the CPI. Um, and you can see where that's going. 
Inflation is the big figure that we're all watching. In the US, that's dropped down from 9.1 to 8.5. Canada's still at 7.6%. And the inflation is the cost of living. And it's the change in spending by households required to maintain a given standard of living. Both too much or too little inflation can create problems. The ideal level of inflation um, is around 2%. And that's where the government likes to see it. And it's been determined, this, it's an ideal rate to maintain the goals that the government's trying to achieve economically. Now, uh, the Bank of Canada, of course, said that we're probably not gonna see that 2% target rate until 2024. So when you look at that, if I'm trying to gauge where our market's going, we're probably gonna see another good year of what we're seeing today continuing through 2023, unless something changes and inflation comes back down. There is a 25-year historical inflation rate for Canada. You can see whoop, what's happened um, recently. Uh, quite interesting to look at. Why is the inflation so high? Number one, interest rates have been far too low for far too long. Number two, the generous pandemic fiscal stimulus policy in the US and Canada has caused this unprecedented number three demand for goods that could not be matched by supply when people came out and started buying again they bought like crazy supply couldn't keep up obviously because a lot of plants manufacturing were shut down over the pandemic that's another reason and number and and also another fact here which i'll point out is from our inflation in canada almost 2.3% can be attributed to U.S. fiscal spending. So we do depend on how well the U.S. economy is doing and where their inflation rate is. So um, we are impacted by that. Canadian mortgage rates, this is no, supply, or no surprise to you. You know they're climbing. Um, well, <clears throat> there's been some early signs that inflation is peaking. We'll need to see a sustained decline in the area of uh, inflation over the next several months to see any relief on mortgage rates. As bad as this is, again, think about our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine where they're hitting 30% inflation and interest rates are at 25%. Um, so we're still pretty good here. Um, inventory levels. Now across BC, if you look at inventory levels, they're climbing like crazy across BC. In Vancouver, if we just look at the west side houses, for example, the inventory is actually easing off a little bit. That's surprising. But again, if you look at my market drivers earlier, that's one of the things preventing an overall market crash. If everybody listed all at once, you'd see prices drop very, very quickly. Same argument here or same trend in condos and townhomes. Look, it went from 750 last month to 646. So we're seeing a drop in inventory. Very interesting. And again, that could be another reason why our sales ratio blip took place last month. So really, really cool stats that are coming out watching this as, as our market's changing. Um, but you can see uh, the average price graph uh, since 1977, which is of course the beginning of time for real estate in Vancouver, or at least when they started to track the average price, has dropped significantly for houses, for townhomes, and also for condos. So that's something that we look at. 
Um, so where are we going? What's happening? You can see this trajectory since uh, um, September of last year, where we had that major uptick in pricing coming into the new year, up to our peak in March and April, and then it started to subside. Um, those, there's a, 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 a major, major peak that took place here that we recently experienced again this past spring and then that downturn in pricing and the factors that have caused this of course the main one is interest rate increases uh, the cooling off periods that's coming that's impacting our market as well um, the federal policies to um, uh, uh, deter speculators on selling properties consumer confidence is falling of course we've talked about that um, the only thing that hasn't really taken place that will have a dramatic negative impact in our market is the listing inventory surge. So while there's a wide variety of factors at play here, the bank's particularly concerned that inflation pressures will become entrenched, inflation expectations are rising and are expected to be higher for longer. While active listings remain below what is typical for a balanced market, some markets and housing types have tipped into a balanced or even a buyer's market territory as we're seeing in the stats I just went through. And of course, the mortgage rates are pushing many potential buyers to the side apart from the ones that were pre-approved. So that's why this is happening. And uh, you're reading about it in the papers. What is the forecast? It could be a modest, well, we're already in, in many cases 10% down. Um, it could be a modest 20% adjustment in pricing here um, in, in the lower mainland. Uh, it could be as much as 40% if this continues for another year. We're dropping 2 to 3%. Carry that on for another 10 months. That's easily 25 to 30% from the 10 we've already seen. Uh, again, we'll know more as things go on. Um, again, the... Uh, Post-pandemic economy is quite interesting because there's a general consensus among economists that a recession is likely to occur somewhere in 2023 now. So, um, but there's lots of jobs. That's strange. There's low unemployment. That goes, of course, with lots of jobs. The supply chain issues continue and energy costs are increasing. Well, that's linked up to the, to the Ukraine war, of course, um, what's happening there. And that's impacting everyone in the world. And inflation is high, okay? These are all things that we're seeing. Um, for buyers, the fear of missing out <clears throat> has given way to the fear of buying in a falling market. Um, the sellers are deciding now, when we get calls, should we sell now? Because, boy, if the market falls another 30%, we should cash out now. We're still way ahead. I know we're a little lower than our peak back in spring, but maybe we should cash out now and cut our losses. Or do we ride this out? And the question is, if we ride this out, how many years is this going to go on for? The trillion dollar question. But we're in a window of opportunity for many people, um, upgrade buyers who are going from condos to houses, because that marginal upgrade cost is much smaller than it's ever been. We're doing a lot of this. We've actually had a few clients jump from a one bedroom condo into their first house. Uh, which is incredibly remarkable because they couldn't have done that in March because that accordion a compression of the market, if you expand that back out, the jump's too high. So that's really interesting. It's also a very good opportunity for cash-rich investors who aren't borrowing uh, as prices fall uh, to secure property. So um, that's kind of cool. That is my September 2022 market update. Again, follow me on YouTube. 
uh, and subscribe and uh, like me on Facebook. And uh, thank you for joining me. I'm Marty Pospisil.